Stay hungry, stay foolish. Before we start into our very first episode of Innovation Bites for 2023, I want to thank our new sponsor, Next Estate, specialists for the English speaking market for buying, selling, and managing property in the German market. You can find Next Estate in Berlin or on next-estate.com and next-estate.de. Let's get started. We are honored to have once again on the show, friend of the show and amazing thinker who is bringing us brand new insights and also brand new insights in a new partnership with IMD Lausanne, where he's bringing many of the thinking tools, the generation tools that come from the strategizer crew to a wider audience with the growth accelerator program. He's going to tell us about that. But he's also going to tell us about the latest thoughts and tools that he has been working on in strategizer. It is a great honor to welcome the author of all these books here behind me and you'll see them on his screen. Alex Osterwalder, welcome to the show. Well, first of all, thanks for having me again. And uh, I'm going to try to actually show some really, really brand new stuff today that nobody in the world, not even my own team has actually seen yet. It's, it's a very fresh slide deck, but with uh, concepts that we dearly need at our own company to manage what we're doing. I'm so delighted about that because we were saying we were just thinking about what we would do, etc. And then you said, Look, I, I've been I've had these th thoughts baking over the Christmas break. I've just put some slides together last night, let's get them out there. And I was like, Yes, please. What a privilege for audience. Today, we're going to talk about firstly, the invincible company, because this is what the goal is for so many organizations in a time of rapid change. How can you be an invincible company? And we're going to look at the three characteristics of an invincible company. And then, well, to be an invincible company, you have to manage an extremely difficult paradox, which is the exploit explore continuum. How do you manage the company today, based on decisions that you've made from yesterday, and manage the company for tomorrow in a world that's changing at a rapid pace? A lot to cover today in an innovation bite. But start, let's start first without the idea of the characteristics of an invincible company. The origin of this actually is that, you know, we work with companies around the world, large clients, they have this challenge that you just beautifully described, right? How do you manage the existing and invent the future? But it turns out companies of any size like ours, you know, a, a typical kind of medium-sized company, we have managing both. So um, we aspire to be an invincible company as well. We can't just write about it and not try to live this. So let me just quickly show what this is about and how we actually put metrics onto this to better manage this. And again, like this is completely new. I made this for, for my team <laughs> so we can start to manage, uh, you know, the explore exploit continuum with different types of KPIs. But here, let's test it out, right? Now, first, back just very basic. What is an invincible company? You know, we have three characteristics to strive companies that stay ahead all the time. Well, number one, they constantly reinvent themselves. And here's the important part, while they're successful. Right? It's not a crisis that forces them to, but they, you know, they start innovation now and they do it all the time. And that's hard to do. Second part is they compete on superior business models. They don't just look at technology innovation and product innovation. While they do that, they also understand Part of the competitive advantage comes from superior business models. And the last one, they transcend industry boundaries, so you can't put them into traditional boxes anymore. 
But the biggest challenge is the number one here. How do you constantly reinvent yourself? And it's actually the same challenge for a very large company or for a smaller company that's growing like ours. Because the moment you stop to reinvent yourself, you're probably at risk you know, of disruption or dying, right? So if we look at that, we had this concrete challenge to manage the explore-exploit continuum at our company and then find metrics. So I'm just going to quickly talk about the continuum. Then how do we manage the exploit continuum and the explore continuum? We came up with, you know, I'm just going to repeat one concept that's out there in the market, OKRs, and one concept we had to invent. So now, if you look at this very quickly, anything starts with an idea, startup, innovation, new product, even a solution you're trying to find to your, you know, maybe sales challenges or marketing challenges. And to figure out the solution is pretty messy when you haven't done it before. So it's a real search. And while you're searching, you actually need to probably change a lot, iterate, and also be willing, if it doesn't work, you don't find a solution, it's very possible you need to retire the project, or an aggressive word would be to kill it. And not a lot of companies are good at killing projects, turns out, right? But if you find something that works, you're going to scale it and you're going to manage it, right? So these are the kind of two worlds, right? We have the high uncertainty world of finding a solution to yet, you know, undefined challenge. You haven't done it before. And you have the world of managing the existing. We call this the exploit, explore, continuum. A huge challenge in the largest companies of the world, <laughs> but also a challenge for one like ours that is trying to reinvent itself while managing an existing business that makes money. Okay, so how are these two worlds different? Fundamentally different. The uncertainty in the exploit world is lower. It's not inexistent, it's lower because you've done it before, you know the business model, you know the value propositions, etc. So you can plan and execute. Fine. But when we look at that other world, we're trying to come up with a new product, new value proposition, new business model, or a new way to sell, or new channels you're putting in place. Guess what? You've never done it before. You don't have the data. You can't plan. What do you do? You need something. You need a process. So you're going to iterate a lot and test a lot. You're going to go super fast until you find it, the solution, or you won't find it. And you're going to have to kill the project, right? So that's kind of the fundamental setting. Now, how do you invest? Very differently in both worlds. On the one hand side, you make large bets because you did a lot of analysis, a lot of thinking, so you can make a big bet and now you expect people to deliver. Okay, fine. But when we're looking at the uncertain world, it's not about thinking, it's not about large bets. It's actually about making many bets of which many will fail and you accept that because one out of 10 will work. Okay, so... You know very quickly and you're going to invest in a portfolio. Now, here's the big one where you really need to look at things differently. You need to manage these worlds differently in terms of goals and metrics. On this side, traditional world of project management. You know, are we on track, on time, on budget? Fine, we know how to do that. But you can't apply that to the left-hand side because here it's not about on track or on time, on budget. It's is this even possible and what did we actually learn? And now, based on what we learned, should we continue? Should we iterate? Should we kill this project? Or a nice word is to say retire. Good. That's the setup. But now, what does that mean? We need to look at our whole world of these three buckets where we have efficiency innovations. Okay, I'm going to improve what I'm doing today. Okay, that's relatively predictable. 
Oh, I'm going to launch new products and new channels. Hmm, less predictable. So maybe I have to accept the uncertainty. Oh, I'm going to launch an entire new business model. Now we're in the complete world of unpredictability. So everything changes. So it's not just culture. The big one that was a challenge for us, a huge one for, for established companies, you got to measure differently. You need to have different KPIs. And if you call them the same thing, people are going to be confused. We call that an objective. So aren't we supposed to achieve it? Well, you can't achieve, you can't, you know, achieve a fantasy. You don't know yet if it's going to work. So you need to manage these two worlds differently. So I was looking for a concept and then left brain, right brain didn't really work for me. So I, you know, thought, well, it's kind of yin and yang, right? You need these two worlds, one predictable, stable, and one, everything's moving and fluent and you don't really know, but they work together, right? They, they, these two worlds exist together and they need to be in harmony, but they're very different. So we need to show how they work together. So on the right-hand side, we actually do have something that's very known in the world, OKRs, objectives and key results, right? That's how many companies today set indicators to manage and deliver. So you define OKRs, but you know what? OKRs don't really work on the other side. So we need to call them differently. These are not objectives you know you can achieve. So they're actually AKIs, aspirations that you hope to achieve, but you also admit that it's very possible that it's not going to work. So we're not going to look at key results. We're going to look at the key things we need to learn to figure out if that is possible or not. So you have aspirations and the things you need to learn, the key insights you need to understand to even figure out if these aspirations become feasible or not. Okay, so two different worlds of metrics. So let's look at this. First one, OKRs. Okay, I'll go pretty fast because this is the known world, right, um, of OKRs. So if you look at that, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there, great books and great thinkers who coined this and made this established around the world. The objective is the goal we plan to achieve, ideally formulated as an outcome rather than an activity. Okay. That's something we can achieve because there is evidence. We've done it in the past. It's pretty achievable. Okay, so how are we going to measure if we're achieving this or not with key results? So we're going to define the key results. These are the metrics by which we measure our progress towards the objective. Achievable. That's the world we know. So now if we look at what I showed you before, we need to look at uncertainty. So we're going to go into that. Okay. Is this an OKR? Well, can we have strong evidence from the past that makes this objective relatively predictable. We've had sales for the last three years. World hasn't fundamentally changed. Okay, so we should be able to predict the sales for the next year. That's an objective. Okay, it's not an AKI, it's not an aspiration. We can deliver it. Okay, what about the investments? Okay, we're now going to conduct a thorough analysis and plan how to achieve that objective. So now we know how to invest. We're going to plan, invest, deliver. Oh, so what do we measure? We're going to measure, here, let me move out of the way. Whoops, sorry, here. We're going to measure, are we making progress towards achieving that objective? Fine, that's the world we kind of know. But now, the big challenge in many companies is how do we look at the world of the future? We can't set objectives for fantasies and then look at the results of delivering a fantasy. Business plans are the enemy of innovation. So what we need to ask is, what do we put into that bucket of AKIs? So let's look at this world, a little bit different. 
The aspiration is the goal we hope to achieve. We're actually admitting we don't know if we can achieve it because we don't have data from the past. We don't know. So we're going to admit, want to make 500,000 from this new thing? We don't know. Okay. So we're also going to formulate as an outcome as if we could achieve it. But we're not going to look at the key results to get there. We're going to look at the key insights we need to start to produce, the things we need to learn so we can assess if the aspiration is actually possible or not. Is it achievable? And there's things then like desirabilities, you know, if we're selling to customers, do customers want it? Feasibility, can we actually deliver it? You know, viability, can we make money from it, et cetera? But we need to ask ourselves, what do we need to learn to figure out if this is achievable? So now, okay, we're going to look at this side and we're going to say, okay, what do we put in here? AKIs. Okay, if we have no or little evidence for success yet, this makes it a relatively unpredictable aspiration. So we can't treat it as an objective. We need to treat it as an aspiration. Okay, so how are we going to invest? Very differently, right? We're going to not think a lot. <laughs> We're not going to plan the resources and make a big investment and then deliver. We're going to say, we're going to design quick and cheap experiments to produce evidence that allow us to understand if we're making progress or not. And maybe after talking to, you know, 10 customers, none of them has a budget. None of them has that challenge. Great. We just learned we need to actually retire this thing that we thought is going to work. Just learned, right? So we might also learn it could work. We needed to tweak this or that, but we're going to invest in a very different way. And then the last one here, how do we measure now? We're going to regularly review the evidence. We're going to look at the key insights and ask ourselves, did we learn if this is achievable or not? If we have some evidence, we're going to invest more. If there's no evidence, we're going to ask, well, should we kill this or not? And many companies are actually bad at retiring projects because they don't have a process for it. They're actually saying this is an objective we need to achieve. And then people get punished for a project that can't work because nobody actually wants that thing. So we need to do everything differently down to the KPIs we use. And that's why we distinguish between this idea of OKRs and AKIs. So now, if I finish with the process, you know, back to you know, this whole idea that we start with an idea, we're going to search, we're going to shape, test, and adapt, right? We're going to look at this aspiration, but our only objective is to reduce the risk, generate as many key insights as possible, and we're going to do that with small experiments and we're going to invest more and more, right? So the process is different. And that kind of brings it together for us at Strategizer to separate these two worlds. So this is a real challenge we faced. And I'm showing you this before having it showed even to my own team because I made finished the slide decks yesterday evening, matured indeed over the last two, three months. I tested the concept with a couple of people. But this is a very fresh content to show you this managing this explore exploit continuum is one of the biggest challenges that any company that has a business faces. Because as soon as you have a business, you probably need to already think about, okay, well, how are we going to reinvent ourselves? Awesome, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you're such a pro. And the fact that you didn't practice that, and this was the first time just shows how good you are, man, because... I even I, I noticed even the slides, the little skull and crossbones for retiring your projects and everything. Brilliant. 
But I, I, so many thoughts coming to mind, and and this is innovation bite. So we're we're keeping this one short. But I wanted to link it then to your new role as visiting professor in IMD Lausanne, because one of the things you're doing now is going, look, the world needs this. It's not just about strategizer working with its clients, which will get obviously preferential treatment. But you're, what you're trying to do is teach a man to fish and a woman to fish in order for the world to benefit from this. And I, I thought about how we were talking before about the biggest challenge is changing culture, whether that's with your own business, hiring for culture, hiring for attitude, etc. But so many people are trained in the exploit way of business. And that presents a massive challenge. And I thought of this amazing experiment I read about Alex, where scientists took two litters of kittens, and they trained one litter of kitten to live in a world that was all vertical. So everything was in vertical shapes. And they trained the other litter to see everything horizontal. And what happened was, for example, the horizontal cohort, they could jump on a chair and go for a nap, but they'd run into the legs of the chair because they were vertical and they couldn't see them. And I thought, well, this is exactly what happens in the business world. Everybody's trained for this linear, call it the horizontal world, where you just see business as an exploit. And that's why this idea of failing your way towards success is so dis difficult to grasp. And that's why people are punished for that. And that's why we need to change that at source, which is education. I love your analogy. What, what's happening actually in the business world today is these two different worlds, people don't actually realize they're different, right? Because at the surface, they're both like business. Oh, we're going to have to, you know, build and manage a business to, to make money. And, you know, maybe it's more is also about impact. But they're, it's fundamentally different to manage something that exists and invent something that is completely new that we've never done before. So people actually don't really realize that there's a ver you know, vertical and horizontal role because we're using the same words, right? Same business, business model. Business model exists in an existing company. Business model exists for an idea that we're going to develop. So all the words are the same. But the moment you bring this very simple concept you know, into play, explore, exploit, and you break it down to here's how the exploit world works, here's how the explore world works, people say, oh, wow, you just put words around something that we felt like is there, but we didn't really know. And, oh, yeah, we've actually been applying all the rules of the horizontal world to the vertical world. Like, that doesn't work. But we didn't know why it's not working because we didn't realize how different these worlds are. So obviously, you're going to apply what you know. And when you don't really know what you don't know, <laughs> okay, well, what are you going to do? So there's this huge importance of not just teaching people, and I guess this is what we're trying to do with the IMD Growth Accelerator, this partnership between Strategizer and IMD, is we're trying to get people to also do it, right? So I like to compare this to, to the education in medicine. You read the books, you learn the anatomy and the, the physiology, same with business anatomy and business physiology, right? But you also need to practice. So in this program, it's more than just going to listen to some lectures and learning, it's actually also doing. So you need to live in that experimental world, in that explore world. You need to gather that evidence. You need to realize what it means to have customers tell you, your idea is stupid. Like, 
I would kill my business. If you haven't heard that, you don't realize that something that looked really good in the meeting room can actually be fundamentally you know, wrong because it looked so great in a PowerPoint deck or so. So that's what we need to do is educate business anatomy and physiology for this exploration world. But we also need to get people, leaders to live this. And actually what's really interesting is leaders love this because they roll up their sleeves and they, you know, they're in the, the field doing this, which then allows them to become better leaders to set up the environment for this to work, for this to thrive. So that's really the goal of helping leaders understand how these two worlds can work in harmony because it's not either or, it's and. And it's not one is better and you know, one is wrong or so. Can't neglect running a company, but today you can't neglect inventing the future. Both are huge risks, so you have to do both. Very few leaders today understand how to do both under the same roof. But there's a hunger. I think the challenge is a bit, people don't know what they don't know. So again, back to, a lot of leaders don't realize how fundamentally, you know, vertical and horizontal these worlds are, but they still need to live in harmony. Beautiful. And and the way to do it is by changing how you see the world. as, And that's really the goal of all the Strategizer series and indeed the Growth Accelerator as well. Alex, for people who want to find that, where can they find out about that and indeed about Strategizer? Just a Google Growth Accelerator, Strategizer, IMD Business School. It's, it's really a fun partnership. Um, you know, we bring a lot of great stuff to the table. IMD Business School is one of the best in, on the planet. It's really exciting to work together. Uh, Google it and you'll find it. <laughs> um, I'm super excited. I think there's a you know, real need to help leaders get to this next level. And when I say it, sounds, it almost sounds a little bit arrogant. Like, these are super smart people. But it's, as you said, grown up and become really good in the horizontal or vertical world, right? And and it's you know, you can't know what you don't know. So we're trying to help people see the world through a different lens so they can become better leaders and create the companies that are ready for the future. Always a massive pleasure to speak to you, author of multiple books behind me, and you can see them behind Alex there for those who are watching us on YouTube. Founder of Strategizer, Alex Osterwalder, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And I hope, you know, presenting this the first time ever was okay. Absolute privilege. Thank you, man. Before we finish, I want to thank our sponsor, Next Estate, specialists for buying, selling and managing property in the German market. For English speakers in particular, you can find Next Estate at next-estate.com or next-estate.de. See you very soon.